Greetings and welcome to East Village Times Podcast. I'm your host, James Clark, and uh, with me as usual, we have Patrick Brewer with us. How are you doing, Patrick? I'm doing good, James. How are you? Finally feeling better? Uh, feeling a little better. Um, able to formulate some thoughts and, and uh, <laughs> happy to, to be able to get to work, basically. I've been, uh, been down and out for a little bit, but uh, I am feeling better. Thank you for asking. Yeah, for those who don't know, James has been uh, on his deathbed the last like week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. More or less. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I am not uh, debating that. Um, <laughs> uh, we are very excited today to have uh, Robert Murray from BaseballCentral.com uh, with us today. He's uh, very young and uh, very uh, a go-getter in the industry, if you will, and uh, we're excited to talk some Padre Baseball with him. How are, how are you doing today, Robert? Hey, I'm good. How are you? Not too bad. I'm, I'm uh, like I say, surviving uh, my, the, the plague that I had to deal with for a little bit. <laughs> Uh, so let's go ahead and, and, and jump right into it. Uh, Patrick, uh, what do you have um, offhand for, for Mr. Murray? I mean, I might as well start with your, I guess, your report on Matt Kemp, the possibility of him being traded. Um, obviously, it was their interest with the a- athletics was maybe there, maybe not, depending on, I guess, a bunch of circumstances. But now that they've got Chris Davis, that seems like that's kind of that ship has sailed. But what are your thoughts on, I guess, Matt Kemp, and what are you hearing inside the industry? Um. Okay, so starting off with what I heard, I heard that the Padres have tried to trade Kemp this offseason. Um, I don't know how recent it has been, but I have heard from people that I trust that they have tried to shop him. Uh, one team that was said to be interested or that the Padres talked to was the Oakland Athletics. Um, I, 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 in talking to multiple people, I wasn't sure if the Athletics actually had interest in Kemp or if San Diego was trying to push him on him. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, and uh, in return for Kemp, uh, what I was hearing was that the Padres were seeking, in quote, a number of prospects. So, and knowing what the industry thinks of Kemp and his injury history, I don't think they're going to get overly too much for him. I think that okay. would be more of long lines of uh, eating all of the money if they're going to get anything back. I mean, anything worth value, I guess. In terms of like. I guess halfway decent prospects, something something above like a, a low A prospect, like a throw-in, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, I'm. Well, he's making over what twenty million dollars for the next three or four years. Yeah, I think it's four years, if I'm correct. James, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think the, the Padres are on the hook for eighteen and a half, I believe, for the, the next four years. Yeah, and the Dodgers are paying, I think, three, three and a half for each year. Yeah. Four, okay. Four. Yeah. So if if the Padres are going to get anything done or get anything quality in return, they're obviously going to have to eat something in, out of con, uh, Kemp's contract. So yeah, I think mm-hmm. it, I think they'd have to eat like I don't know, I don't want to say half, but like a good portion of it needs to be gone for him to be, I guess, worth what they're what he's being paid. Exactly for yep. the receiving team. So do you think? I, I guess in your opinion, do you think there's any likelihood of this actually happening if the Padre, unless the Padres do eat just an enormous amount of money? Um, I think there's a chance, but I don't think it's very good. I think it's extremely likely that he's in the outfield on opening day. Do you think he's out in the, out, in the outfield long term or, or just for this year at least? Uh, you know, that's a good question. Um, I personally don't think he's going to be in San Diego long term. I mean, could he be traded at the deadline? Sure, but I don't know that as a fact. It's way too early to say that. But mm-hmm. um, just as an opinion, I don't think he's there too long. And sorry, you can hear my dog. Scratching. Oh no worries. <laughs> no I had to throw my cat out the room because he's annoying. <laughs> yeah, oh, I don't. Yeah. I don't. I don't see Kemp being around long term either. It seems like 
I don't want to say the writing's on the wall, but it's like it was kind of an ill-advised move, and now it's to the point where it's like, is this really the best thing for the Padres to be having him patrolling right field for yeah. the next yeah. four years, really? While the team's yeah. trying, the team's trying to obviously rebuild, if you want to say that, or or get to something better, I guess. So it's kind of a weird situation all around. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I personally, oh, oh my gosh, my sorry about my dog. She's yeah, <laughs> um, but. Um, no, looking back at the deal, I was not a big fan of trading for Kemp. I especially did not like getting rid of getting rid of uh, Yasmani Grandal. Uh, I think he's going to end up being a stud. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he struggled towards the end of last year due to injury. I mean, he struggled mightily from the plate. Um, yeah. But I I sure think he's got a very strong chance of being a, a top five catcher in baseball. Yeah, I, uh, I never was a fan of Grandal mainly because. He kind of had some personality issues. He didn't get along with some of the pitchers. It was kind of like the writing was on the wall there where they kind of needed to trade him, I want to say, because there, he wasn't really getting along with anyone in terms of, of the pitchers. And mm-hmm. I, I wish they would have just traded him for, I guess, a better value because obviously Kemp's not really super valuable at this point. So, I mean, if you're going to give up a valuable asset like that, at least turn into something like younger guys or something like that, you know? Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, Yasmina Grandal was actually the way I got introduced to the industry. Uh, oh, yeah? About two and a half, three years ago, I reported that Grandal had demanded a trade out of San Diego, and mm. I got absolutely shredded for it. Bud Black went on the radio. I mean, he didn't say me by name, but he said some teenager who's <laughs> upset with his fantasy team reported that Grandal wanted out, and it wasn't true. Then later that off season, or, or actually in the off season, then he was traded. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not going to say anything else just so I don't get Bud Black mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're good. <laughs> All right, so I guess let's move on a little bit from uh, camp. Um, you want to jump into, I guess, a little bit about A.J. Preller, maybe uh, what what are your thoughts on him personally maybe, and then what have you heard around the industry on how other managers, or I guess not managers, other GMs and ownership feel about him? Um, when he was initially hired by San Diego, I had talked to a couple people that were close to Preller. And, I mean, you hear that he's a smart guy. He knows baseball. And then he actually became the GM, and he made all these offseason moves. And then he capped it off by trading for Craig Kimbrell right before the season started. And I'm a big believer that you do not build your team via free agency and trade. You have to have a solid foundation in place, and build from that. And I don't think they had a strong enough core to do that. And it's turned out to blow up in his face. And in talking to multiple executives around the league, uh, the opinion of Preller is not too great, to say the least. Uh, a number of folks believe that he's set up to fail. Um, I actually had one person tell me that he's in way over his head. Um, I mean, he's made a lot of bold moves, and it failed. And then rather than admitting that it didn't work, he just stood pat, which I don't know. That's It's not working out for him, and I don't think he's going to have a, a very long tenure in San Diego. Oh, okay. I tend to, I guess, disagree a little bit, at least with um, him standing pat. I mean, he did stand pat at the deadline, obviously, and didn't make the moves everyone expected or wanted him to make. Yeah, that's, think... that's what I was basing my yeah. opinion off of, or there are my yeah. sources' opinions. But, but I, I think uh, he's done a lot. Um, this offseason to right some of those wrongs. And I feel like even though this team isn't good, it's still a lot better and more, I, I would say, cohesive than last year's edition. It's not it's not as thrown together. Like the parts 
make a little more sense. And I think there's a lot of upgrades around around the field. I mean, obviously Kemp's still there, and that's kind of a big a big one. But other than that, I think he's he's corrected at least some of the problems. And I think the Craig Kimbrell trade was great. Got a lot of good prospects back. Got rid of that money. I mean, you're still stuck with Melvin Upton, but I think Melvin Upton can be at least a decent average player if he's getting significant playing time. So I don't think that's too bad. Yeah, I, I agree with the uh, the Kimbrel deal. That was oh, I, I believe that they got what four prospects for him from yeah. Boston. Mm. Yeah, that was thought of as a home run. Um, but this is one point that I mean, this is pure speculation on my part. You have all these guys. You have Andrew Kashner. You have James Shields, uh, Matt Kemp. I mean, guys like that who have been continued to be rumored in trade rumors this off season. I, I wonder how good that'll be for the clubhouse environment. I mean, yeah, that, I mean, that can't help. Mm-hmm. That's one thing I always wonder. It's like, I don't know personally, cause I'm not a major league baseball player, but how much does that affect these guys when it's constant? Like, am I going to be here tomorrow? Am I going to be somewhere else? Kind of does this team want me sort of thing, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, you talk to enough players and I mean, I've gotten texts from players saying, Hey, am I going anywhere? I mean, they say publicly, that they don't think about it, but really in the back of their minds, they're thinking about it, especially come July 31st, or in this case, August 1st. Yeah, <laughs> August 1st. That's yeah. so weird. But yeah, I think it's it's definitely a consideration, even if they won't say it is. I think it's got to creep into their mind, at least, I mean, sometimes, you know? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So, James, what are your thoughts on, I guess, A.J. Preller, uh, kind um, of his time so far, his time maybe in the future? Yeah, you know, I, I'm I, I'm listening to what Robert says, and a lot of it does make a lot of sense. Um, I can I can see where AJ is the type of GM who's unpredictable, and a lot of uh, fellow GMs would not necessarily um, like that, if you will. Um, I'm I'm trying to be positive. I I know that uh, last year's team was built hastily and did have some issues, which I pretty much knew of right away. Um, I, I do see the fact that that the team does have a future, and you know, I, it's it's tough. I I, I like AJ Preller. I, I like what he's doing. I, I think that far too long the Padres have had a philosophy that has been detrimental to the success of the team. Um, they've just kind of been stagnant for ten, fifteen years, not knowing what direction to go. And and I finally feel that AJ's implementing um, a type of philosophy that it's going to take a little bit of time to catch on, if you will, for a lot of um, hardcore fans, especially after last year's, um, you know, revitalization, revitalization of the team. Um, you know, I, I agree totally with Robert, what, what Robert says about building a team uh, through free agency and trading and, and, you know, chemistry is, is a hard thing to predict and a hard thing to, to conjure up. And, um, you know, it's, it's tough. I, I, I do have faith in, in, in what Preller's doing and um, I'm just going to have to, just kind of just watch and, and see what happens, if you will. Robert, I wanted to ask you, some, going back to a point you mentioned on AJ Preller, I'm wondering if you have any inside information on how much of how much of his moves are based on what he's actually wanting and doing and how much of it is ownership being meddlesome. That's something that I've always wondered about, is how much ownership is, is involved in, in AJ Preller's job. Um, I personally don't have any inside information on that. But if it's a well-run organization, the GM should be making all the moves. Mm-hmm. Why okay. did you, you, you? I, I heard you before. You said a, a comment about um, that he was set up to fail. Is that 
via his own moves, in your opinion, or is that based on what you think ownership is, I guess, the mandate from ownership on what he should or should not be doing? Well, it's it's because of the moves. And, I mean, if it's because of ownership, then ownership is setting him up to fail. But if I had to personally guess on what or on who's making the moves, I would say it's Preller, so he's setting himself up to fail. So you think, it's, you think it's mostly him, I guess, making the moves, making the decisions? Yeah, I, I do. I do. Okay. But that's purely speculative. That's fair enough. I mean, I just always wondered, some of these moves didn't make, I guess, total sense. So I always wondered how much of it is um, the ownership getting involved in Metal Sim and how much of it is just AJ Preller being, I don't want to say crazy, just over the top and just making some crazy moves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, James, I'm going to jump to you. Yeah, um, you know, I'm interested in, in to kind of get more into this AJ Preller thing, if you will. Um, you, you talked about uh, other GMs' um, view of him. Uh, can you elaborate a little more on that? Is it is it uh, the fact that he's young? Is it the fact that he doesn't have uh, the experience that, uh, say, like a John Hart or someone like that has? And t- talk to us a little more about, about that, if you will, if you could. Okay, yeah. Um Last offseason, when he made all those big moves, it was him going all in on his first year. And when it didn't work in the first half of the year, you were I would be talking to these general managers, uh, assistant GMs, scouts, and they would be saying, watch the Padres for a fire sale. And come the deadline, correct me if I'm wrong, they did not make a single move. Is that actually, correct? Actually, they traded yeah, for Mark minimal. Zepchinski. And then, oh, yeah, oh, they, oh. they traded Will Venable in August, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Venable. Call that yeah. a big move. Oh, so he did go on a fire sale then. Yeah, the yeah. big the big sell-off, Will Venable. <laughs> the big Abraham yeah. Almonte move. Oh, yeah, the Abraham Almonte move. That that worked out. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I mean, you just watch what he's doing from the outside, and then you you talk to people who know what's going on around the league and what they have to say about Preller. None of it's good. I mean, sure, I mean, he did well in the Kimbrell deal. But, I mean, he's got other contracts on the team that should not be there. And, I mean, the moves he's made don't make sense. I mean, the Kimbrell trade uh, where he traded him away to Boston made sense. But that was one of the few moves that I've said to myself, you know what, that's a heck of a deal. Uh, he's uh, he's not – yeah, it's it's tough to say. He's he's not doing well. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's, that's fair enough. I would agree that, that I guess most of the deals last offseason made entirely no sense, at least in one way or another. But I th- I haven't really disagreed with any of the moves he has made this offseason. I mean, he traded away Alonzo and got a few pieces back, uh, traded away Jerko, just basically shedding money, got Jay back. Um, so oh, that I, was a good deal. I, I forgot about the that trade with St. Louis. That yeah, was that, a that, very good trade. I really like that deal a lot. Um, obviously, the Kimbrell trade um, – Signing Fernando Rodney, all the Rule 5 picks, I like a couple of those guys. I mean, those are just crapshoots, really. Who knows what's going to happen? But I think he's making good moves now. I mean, he's really set himself behind a little bit, obviously. But I still think Will Myers, Derek Norris, those guys he did acquire can still be good players, and they can we can build a team around them, you know? It's not like they're scrubs or anything. I mean, obviously, Myers needs to stay healthy for more than a month or two, but that's a whole other, I guess, issue to talk about. And really, at this point, the only the only contracts that are really terrible are like Matt Kemp, I guess James Shields to an extent if he doesn't opt out this year, 
And then you still have the trade pieces of Tyson Ross and Andrew Kashner, which I, I I don't see either of them lasting through the season unless they're really struggling and have no trade value, which I don't see that either. So I'm not, I mean, I guess I get the industry consensus that he's made a lot of stupid moves and he's set the team back, but I think he's on the right track now, and I, I still think he gets the benefit of the doubt. I mean, you make good points. I mean, I know a lot of guys in the league that are somewhat stubborn, and what they see at first is what their entire opinion is. I mean, it, that you you make good points. I mean, it, it, the uh, the John Jay trade, the Kimbrel, um, and deals like that. I mean, those are good moves. But I still think, even after you say that, I still think he's in not in a, he's he's put himself in a bad position. Mm-hmm, definitely, I think the Matt Kemp. If he can get Matt Kemp off their hands, I think that puts him in a lot better position. I just don't know if that's going to happen without setting them $30, $40 million in the hole, which is not something a team in San Diego, like a small market sort of club, can really afford. No, I'm not at all. No, I'm sorry. You broke up there uh, when you were finishing that. I don't know. Can you say that again? Oh, I was just saying I don't think that if they do get rid of Kemp, it's not something they can afford because it's going to be taking $30, $40 million that they can't spend, especially for a small market team who's not going to be spending like the Dodgers or the Yankees or whoever else, you know? All right, James. Um... Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Robert, I'd love to know some more information on, on Andy green. Uh, If you could, uh, you know, give us a little bit more on the uh, industry um, view of uh, what he brings to the table, uh, being the new Padre manager. Okay. Yeah. I have a lot of friends with the Arizona Diamondback organization. And one thing that has been made very clear to me, and this is a quote, is that he is very intense, very thorough, and will hold guys accountable when he needs to. Now, he was a finalist along with Rod, Ron Gardenhire, and I personally believe Gardenhire would have been the better choice. But in talking to people that know Green, I think he'll be a very solid manager for the Padres. Okay. Yeah, I, I know the Padres were, were working with Gardenhire, trying to get him to uh, take the bench coach job along with uh, – Green to kind of mentor him, if you will, but it didn't work out that way. And uh, you know, I'm I'm impressed with the way Andy Green speaks and uh, the type of mentality he brings to the game. Um, we all know the game is very mental, and it seems like he's going to help the Padres uh, develop a more of a pr- uh, traditional baseball uh, mentality and more of a, a go-getter type attitude, if you will. Absolutely, I think that's very safe to say. Very safe to say. We're, we're we're definitely excited to have his youth uh, in here, and, and it's definitely a, a, a contrast to what uh, Bud Black brought to the table um, the last eight ten years. Yeah, and what I was thinking is that I mean you've had Bud Black's voice in there for almost a decade. Mm-hmm. Maybe a new refreshing voice can help energize the team. Yeah, definitely, it, it can't help. It can't hurt. That's for sure. Yeah, I, I, per- I personally thought that, I guess, Garden Hire would be too much like Bud Black. It, w- it would be too much of the same kind of thing. I mean, obviously, they're different minds, but I think going with a younger manager who has maybe a new mindset is better than going with a more old-school kind of guy, at least for the Padres in the short term. Yeah, I, I agree. And this might be a little off-base, but maybe Green being younger can help him connect with some of the younger players um, more so than Bud Black did. I'm not saying Black had a had a problem with dealing with younger players. I'm just saying that Green might be better at it than 
than Black was. Yeah, yeah. There, there were whispers that, that Black did have issues uh, dealing with younger players and, and playing them and, and losing patience with them. So I, I, you, I can definitely see uh, Green being a little more of a developmental uh, side of the, of the game, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Green was just – he was just in a league playing – like recent, I mean, not recently, recently, but at least somewhat recently. So he's still a young guy, still has that same sort of mindset of a player. So I think he'll definitely have better relationships and get along better with the players and be able to relate to them more. Yeah, definitely. All right, so um, I wanted to ask uh, you, Robert, uh, if you had any inside information on uh, Reimer Liriano, uh, how that went down, the trade, uh, why he, I guess, wore out his welcome in San Diego. Um, yeah, one thing about Liriano, and you, correct me if I'm wrong, is that he always had success in the minor leagues. He was a very good minor league player, but it never translated to the big leagues. Um, yeah, he had some – I mean, he didn't have a huge sample in the big leagues. He played in 2000, I want to say, 14 for mm-hmm. – I want to say, what was it, James, like 50, 60 games? Yeah, something I mean, it was a good like – it was a good portion of games. I mean, it wasn't a huge sample size. But, yeah, he definitely didn't translate – um, his success from the minors to the big leagues, it kind of, there was, I guess, a disconnect. Yeah, here, I got the numbers right here. He played 38 games in 2014. He hit only 220 and 289 on base percentage. And in, in, in the minors, he was kind of usually around 300, and then his, his on base percentage was over 300, sometimes near 400. So there definitely was some sort of disconnect there, at least translating to the big leagues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so what? I believe he's still 24 years old. So I mean, he's still young. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe was it too early to trade him? I mean, it, it could be, but the thing is, is that he didn't show anything to warrant a spot on the big league roster. Yeah, I think my mindset was there's so many other uh, cooks in the kitchen per se in terms of outfielders that it's like, do we really want to? Do they really want to waste time on not waste time, but like use him in that capacity if they feel like they have better options, especially with Jabari Blosh, who needs to have a roster spot if he's going to stay on the team. Uh, John Jay's obviously in town now. Melvin Upton's still here. Matt Kemp, um, Hunter Renfro may or may not be ready soon. Alex Dickerson, uh, Margot's going to be ready probably next year at some point. So there's so many other guys around. It's like does Lirano really hold that much value for them as as presently constituted? And I think mm-hmm. their their basic point was no. And the the warning signs were there. He had near a near thirty a thirty percent strikeout rate in the big leagues, and actually like twenty five percent in the minors, which that's not good. No. Even in the minors, that's that's really bad. So I think there was a lot of warning signs there, and he didn't really get any better to to like last year at least to prove that he could handle big league pitching. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and that that uh, extreme strikeout ratio kind of made me think of Adam Dunn or uh, Mark Reynolds. I mean, he doesn't have the same power as those guys. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, well, with the strikeouts, that's uh, a big red flag. Definitely, definitely. Um, do you have any information on on uh, who the Padres got in return? That uh, Gene Kozame, or um, is he just kind of a fringe prospect in your in your mind? Um, I personally do not know much about him. I have a lot of good friends with the Brewers, but I have not heard. You got James. You're mixing up trades here. Am I? Yeah, oh, that yeah, was yeah. that was the Spagna trade. <laughs> Oh, okay. No wonder I wasn't hearing about. Yeah, yeah uh, the the um, the Lee trade was uh, Seidenberg. yeah Seidenberg. Yeah, I'm, God, I even talked to him within the day of. of <laughs> it's okay. Oh, There's boy. so many so many trades. It's it's fine. I, I forget too. Yeah, yeah we can uh, we can blame AJ Preller. How's that sound? Yeah, yeah AJ Preller, go. stop making so many damn moves. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Run him out of town. I know, right? <laughs> 
Sounds like uh, sounds like we got Robert ready to lead the the charge to lead, to to head, send him out of town. I mean, we'll give him a call if we need to. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll ring him up right now. I can put him on speaker. Nice, nice. <laughs> so, um, okay, so you know, Rob, Robert, talk to us a little bit about uh, the fact that Padres have a lot of uh, stockpile, a lot of picks this coming draft, and um, if you think they're going to be active in the international market and any particular players that you see them targeting. Absolutely. There's one in particular, and that's Lazarito. Nice. Um, Dennis Lynn reported that they have scouted him extensively. Mm-hmm. And based on what I'm hearing, and I mean, as evidenced as uh, as evidenced in uh, him making a decision, he's not in any hurry. Um, he's It's a family decision, according to people close to him. Mm-hmm. And it could end up lasting until July. Uh, that's convenient. But, <laughs> Yeah, he is not in any hurry though. I mean, he's 16 years old. It's it's a big life decision for him, life changing. And that, that that has been made very clear to me that he is in no hurry. I think it's interesting that he's waiting till July because the the Braves and Padres won't be spending any big money until July. So, well, the the, the two teams of, of I guess highest interest, at least reportedly. Um, one thing I do want to make clear is that. It might not last until July. I was told that he could wake up one morning and say, "You know what? I want to sign with so and so." So it's it's the timetable is unknown right now, but it could last until until July. I believe July second is it? Yeah, or third? Okay. No, second. Yeah, second. second, I believe. Yeah, yeah. I, I see. I see him waiting, especially considering the Potters and Braves have pretty heavy interests, <laughs> and they both seem willing to spend the money. So. And they're not going to spend that money until July second. So, and really, there's no rush for a 16 year old kid to go get his career started. I mean, unless he obviously loves to play baseball, but it's like, what's another four months? You know what? Yeah. I, I I totally agree. And I mean, think of making making a decision like this at the age of 16. Yeah, it's like a life altering sort of thing. I can barely make toast, let alone <laughs> make a decision like this. I mean, it's absolutely crazy. Hey, Robert, yeah. you're not a teenager anymore, okay? <laughs> oh, that's true. You know what? Hey, I can make mac and cheese now, so I'm I'm getting upgraded. Nice. It's got mac and cheese and ramen for days. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, you know what? I'm not even a big ramen noodle fan. Oh no! How do you how oh. do you live through college? <laughs> you, you yeah, know, really. Yeah, you, a lot of hungry nights and just curling up at a ball and like <laughs> I want food. Okay, edit that part out. <laughs> <laughs> All uh, right. So uh, moving on, I guess from that a little bit. Do you have any? Uh, I want to say insight or inside information on any of the Cuban prospects the the Padres are going after. Um, uh, there's there's uh, Ona and um, Marajon. Yeah, Adrian Marajon. Do you have any insight on those two? The Padres are said to be the favorites for both. You know, I I like to consider myself well connected, but I am not going to admit or I'm not going to pretend that I know a lot about these guys. I refer to that kind of stuff to Ben Badler. Yeah, uh, or Keith Law. Yeah, I think uh, Ben Badler's the only one that's I've really gotten any information from, from about those two guys in terms of his writing, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, he he knows what's going on, so I'll I'll refer that stuff to him. Okay. All right, uh, James. Anything else you wanted to talk about off the top of your head? Uh, no. Uh, you know, I'd love to get a little more background information on on Robert and uh, you know, um, did he play any sports in 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 uh, high school? You know. That type, what uh, what got him into baseball? Things like that uh, intrigued me, if you will. Um, okay, well, here's a good story for you. I was in fifth grade, and I was playing baseball with some friends right before school started. And I was pitching. I was throwing 95-mile-an-hour heaters. And, 
Um, well, and I, I threw it, and my best friend at the time hit a line drive right back at me, and it nailed me right in the forehead. Oh. And, um, I had a big welt on my forehead. I had a grade three concussion. Um, and right then and there, I mean, I tried playing baseball after that, but I, I couldn't. So he retired. Yeah. yeah I, a long career of about five years, you know, at the age of 10, I was like, you know what? It's time to call it quits. So there you go. His, cleats, um, his cleats are in Cooperstown now. Yeah. The, yeah it, well, I wish that would, uh, <laughs> I, I would not complain with that, but, um, yeah, I, after that, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to play anymore, but I, I love baseball so much. Mm-hmm. I just got to figure out how to get into the game somehow. I mean, I knew it wasn't going to be as an athlete, and I, I, I knew I loved the right, mm-hmm. and I loved baseball, so I tried to combine the two. And it took me until about I was about 15 or 16, and I had some guy reach out to me. A guy's name is Joe Baker, and he mm-hmm. just said, hey, you, why don't you consider doing this? It, I mean, it never occurred to me, and it's blossomed into this, and I, I still can't believe it to this day. Wow, that's it's that's cool. It's so it's so interesting to to see how you fell into the into the line of work that you're in, and and uh, you definitely have a bright future, and we're definitely excited uh, to be a part of it, if you will. Hey, thank you very much. Yeah, it's an absolute blast, and uh, it, I I still can't believe it. it. I have so much fun doing it. And you're doing but a great job. <laughs> Hey, yeah. thank you very much. Yeah, it's uh, I I definitely appreciate that. Oh wait, well, one more question before we before we get you out of here. I want I wanted your thoughts on uh, the DH in the National League. Maybe your personal opinion or what you've been hearing. Um. Oh, I'm just gonna give you my opinion. I am 100 percent against it. I. All right, there we go. Okay, I I that like position. having a pitcher hit. It. I mean, I can't have a DH in the NL. I, I just that doesn't seem right, does it? Yeah, I'm like 62 percent against it. Okay, I'm about sixty-one point five, so <laughs> I'm like right there. Like I, I, I see the point of, of changing it, but I, I kind of like it the way it is too. It, it provides yeah. something different between the leagues, and it makes it more interesting. It, I mean, it yeah. does, and it, I mean, it provides a, a different aspect because I mean, obviously, teams aren't going to scout pitchers for their hitting, but a guy like Madison Bumgarner, I mean, he's not an elite hitter by any means, but, but he can hit. The yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, and you wouldn't get to see that. And, and Bartolo and, Cologne, don't Bartolo even get me started. Cologne. Oh, my gosh. I mean, if you're providing a case, and I mean, for being against the DH in the NL, just say Bartolo Cologne, you'll win the case instantly. <laughs> if they do switch and he's the last person to ever, like, last pitcher to ever bat, I think I'd be okay with that. <laughs> you know, that would be a very good farewell tribute. I'll tell you that. Like, the yeah. last game of the year is the Mets, and he's just batting. Oh, that'd be great. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that's that's what it's all about. <laughs> all right, James. Anything else you wanted to to ask Robert here? No, I don't think uh, I have anything offhand. Just um, great to talk to you, and and we really appreciate you taking the time to speak with us uh, about the Padres. I, I know that's not exactly a hot topic, if you will, in, in Major League Baseball, but uh, we love our team, and and we uh, we enjoy talking about them. Absolutely, the passion is very evident. I mean, that's uh, I I can't thank you guys enough for having me on. Very appreciated. Of course, man. It was it was great talking to you. I mean, as always. Um, I just want to tell the viewers if you want to give uh, Robert a follow on Twitter, it's Robert Murray BBE. So give him a follow. He's got a lot of great information. Great baseball mind. Yep, definitely. Thank you so much, Robert. We appreciate it, and, and we'd love to have you on again uh, relatively soon if, if you'd uh, if you'd ever be uh, down for that. One hundred percent interested. Whenever you want me on, let me know. Great. Thank you so much, Robert.
All right. Take care, Robert. Yeah, you as well. Bye. Bye. Okay, well, there you have it, folks. Uh, Robert Murray giving us a little bit of inside information on the on the Padres, which is always uh, greatly appreciated. Um, it's nice to get a view of uh, the team from someone who isn't necessarily a fan. Uh, his comments towards A.J. Preller might have been a little hard for some Padre fans to swallow, but, um, you know, I, until he proves otherwise, I think the comments are, are, are you know, justified. What, what, your thoughts, Patrick? Yeah, I think, I mean, he hit the nail on the head. I mean, he's got the inside sources. That's kind of the consensus around baseball. I think that, I mean, I can't really argue too much with it. No, you know, I mean, it is what it is. And, you know, the Padres are are um, a young, very young franchise, if you will. Um, we're in our infant stages, and I keep telling people that, that uh, a lot of teams have a lot more um, history than we do. And we're trying to develop that history, if you will, being a, being a Padre uh, fan, and it's something that's not easily developed. And but I, I do see the future, and I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, I am as well. I think I think there's definitely a, f- a good future there, and it's just, I mean, I don't want to say be patient, but as always, be patient. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I hear you. I hear good you. Things take time. Um, yeah, they do, they do take time, and and uh, we the patient word is is just something that we're going to have to to be this season I, I would assume I, you know i i'm i'm hesitant to say that this team is going to have a bad year because i i really believe that they're going to have a better year than last year and that's not necessarily saying much because last year's team was a, a little bit of a disaster but I, I can see us uh the padres gaining a few games uh in the standings from last season and basically uh showing a, a bit of promise for the next couple seasons and and that's all that we can ask for there's a lot of young talent coming up in, in the farm system and uh, I'm excited to, to take a look at them yeah I agree I think there's definitely um, cause for I guess some optimism definitely alright folks well thank you so much for uh, listening to us um, Patrick go ahead and uh, give us the, the specifics uh, on our podcast if you will oh yeah uh, just give us a follow on Podbean or I guess it's a like technically but um, that's that's where we host, and then we're also on iTunes. So go ahead and give us a re- maybe give us a review on there if you like what you hear. Um, obviously, follow us both on Twitter as always. Uh, keep following EastVillageTimes.com. Um, before we go, Tyson Ross was announced as the Padres opening day starter. So looking forward to opening day. It's getting close now. Mm-hmm. Yep, definitely. We're getting closer, folks. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to us. Uh, we have a, another couple guests uh, lined up already for next week, and uh, we're excited to get um, back in uh, cranking these out for you guys. Um, anything else, Patrick? Before we get out of here, I think that's. You think you covered it all? <laughs> cool. All right. Well, thank you so much again, folks. Um, East Village Times podcast signing out. Yeah.